Welcome to the Lion's Den with Seth, a podcast where progressive men and women can learn and teach each other the ways of the land. The Lion's Den is where royalty comes to counsel. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Seth. Yeah, what's going on? What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another Lion's Den with Seth. I'm one of your hosts, Seth. Hopefully you're having a great uh, weekend, your Sunday, and everything is all good to go. If this is your first time checking us out, this is what we do here at the Lion's Den, okay? We focus on all things leadership, growth, and development that equals action. So it's not just about us getting behind this mic and y'all seeing this beautiful face that you get your rocks off, right? Is what do we do and how do we challenge you, the community, and even ourselves to get in front of these mics and make things happen. So that's what we're about here in the lion's den. And um, yes, wherever you're seeing this, make sure you're subscribing, make sure you're following and you're hitting the share button. So utilize this time to hit the share button and let individuals know that you're in the place to be. And then also, if you want to engage in a conversation, make sure you go to streamyard.com forward slash Facebook. So you can type in and say what up though to us. As a matter of fact, those that's watching right now, try it. No matter where you at, you might be on Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Hit that. But can't do this without my crew. So we go get it in like this. Big Nate, what's popping, man? How you feeling? I'm doing well. How you doing? You good? What, what's I'm, going on, man? What's up with that? Hey, man, listen, we, we ain't gonna have no issues this week, are we? Hey, we're gonna try not to, man. You know what I'm saying? So um, yeah, I'm keeping my feet. My fingers and my toes crossed, you know what I'm saying? That okay. this is going to be good. All right, all right. How's your weekend, man? It was good, man. Relax. How about yours? Man, slow motion, man. You know, doing a little DJing here, a little bit of, you know, just a little bit. think I saw you. I don't know if that was you or your brother, but somebody was getting it in, okay? <laughs> somebody was getting it in with a little bit of that uh that num-num juice in their system, but we're going to leave that alone. Big Larry, what's popping, man? What's happening? How y'all feeling, fellas? It seems like it's been a couple weeks. Yeah, it seemed like, but you know, everybody had family reunions and everything, but everything is good, man. So, uh, how's the, uh, what's that team that St. Louis used to have? I know they ain't got no team. Stop it, man. See, that, see, the fucking Lions get one win and we start feeling like we overconfidence right now. You Stop see, it. look at him. Stop Boy, it. did he turn up? Are you serious? One win. Good grief. <laughs> My Lord, look at him. Hey, we I got, mean, we got the same record, one and one. Say what? <laughs> What'd you yeah, say? say? We one and one, man. Don't 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 start getting all 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 freaky out there. You know, what I'm look saying? at one him. And one. Hey, well, listen. Hey, uh, hey, you you on the right team? You wearing the lion shirt? Yo, Big Herm, what's popping, bro? Boy, I got a couple of things to address, man. <laughs> First thing, stop telling everybody you got a beautiful face to get their rocks off on. Yeah. First you of all, helping hey. them follow this. <laughs> This this this, this beautiful. Hey, listen, check this out. Hey, if you think you a singer, you can beat Mike Tyson ass. I can say whatever. You know what I'm saying? Let's stay down, man. You know what I'm saying? The F bomb. You know what I mean? Hey, out the gate, bro. Anyway, how's your weekend, bro? Man, weekend. I don't think I dropped the F bomb, did I? You did. Hard, hard, man. With the ing. Right. You know <laughs> hey, what's going on, Kendrick? What's going on, Crystal? What's going on, James? Hey, what's going on, everybody? So how's your weekend, bro? Man, weekend is real good, man. Finally found a church home, you know what I'm saying, for me and my family today. We uh we went in and joined the church today. So uh 
that's something I really didn't never, I didn't really foresee me doing, you know what I mean? Cause I wasn't a church guy. I had my uh, ob objections, you know what I'm saying? I had my, uh, all my reservations about church, man. But I really found a, a great one, great group of people, you know what I mean? So I'm excited about that, man. We're going to see how that goes. That's good, man. And also, too, man, I want to thank That's you for good. coming on the show on the Healed episode, man. And uh about consequences. That, that was pretty dope. Pretty dope. Yeah, of, yeah. I can't, I can't, I, I, I realize I can't sell weed and why I can't do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the this ain't the form for that. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, yeah. man, listen, I'm gonna let you uh tee up our guests, bro. Man, so with this next guest, well, I've had a, a history online with him, you know what I'm saying? Not not really directly, but just watching him because he's always been a part of this community for a, a long time. Uh, he served on the city commission, uh, city council, I'm sorry. And now he is a newly elected uh, county commissioner for the second district. I would like everybody to give a warm welcome to Mr. Jason Knight to the den. There you go. Right. What's going on, brother? How you doing? All right. I appreciate you guys uh, inviting me to the show. I really do. No, uh, no, right. no, no, right. no. It's, right. a, it's, a, it's an honor. So, so look, tell tell the den a little bit about you from your with your own words. Well, uh, everybody knows uh, the name Jason Knight. Um, I have served, uh, as stated previously, in the military. Uh, 19 years total service with nine years active, um, three combat tours, twice to Iraq, once to Afghanistan, two company commands, several other positions in the Army Reserves, currently serving again in the Army Reserves, of course. And I've, I've served simultaneously on the city council and county commission. Um, I was formerly the county commissioner for District 18 in Montgomery County and formerly the uh, Ward 5 city councilman for the city of Clarksville. I've served on several committees from budget committee to investment committee to animal care and control committees. Um, I have seven kids, believe it or not, married to my wife, Mary Beth, and uh, working on my PhD uh, in information systems management. Um, I am a small business owner for uh, night officiant services and more uh, where I officiate weddings. Um, trying to catch up to one of the guys here in Clarksville who he's done about 30,000 <laughs> weddings. Yeah, yeah. Ah. but he's been doing it for a while. So uh, I'm, I'm at about a thousand. So I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. Well, look, first thing I want to do is give you a round of applause. How many kids? Seven, man. You see the gray hair? <laughs> yeah, I see it. Gray hair and kind of thin on top. But I <laughs> hey, hey, check it. So, me being a Clarksville native, man, I've watched your moves for a while, and I have to admit, I wasn't always a fan of Mr. Jason Knight, right? Um, there, there's a couple of instances I want to set the tone of this conversation with so we can go ahead and get it out the way because uh, they were pretty hot topics at the time that it happened uh, in, in the city of Clarksville. And I just want to give Jason the opportunity to uh, to speak on it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna first. I'm gonna talk about one. Give him a chance to speak about it. Talk about another, and give him a, a chance to speak about that as well. Because I know the people of Clarksville really want to hear the answer to these questions. The first thing I want to bring up 
is the infamous Mammy Lane situation. For those that don't know, in Clarksville, Tennessee, we have a neighborhood called Plantation Estates. And in Plantation Estates, uh, it, the theme of that neighborhood is Gone with the Wind. So all of the uh, road names are named after Gone with the Wind. I, I live literally right around the corner from Plantation Estates and never really thought too much about it. Uh, but one day, you know what I'm saying, I see Jason's face next to a Mammy Lane sign. Mammy Lane sign. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, okay, what's this about? And it was, should we change the name of Mammy Lane? And it felt like Jason, when Jason presented it, he presented it with the, uh, he presented it in a way like, you know, I don't think we should change this. You know what I'm saying? And made it a problem when I, I felt like nobody in Clarksville ever was even thinking about this Mammy Lane. I mean, the name sounds crazy, but if you think about the movie, then you understand. But I'm thinking, why why are we antagonizing black people with this Mammy Lane situation when we're not even thinking about this? And why am I seeing Jason Knight's face next to the sign asking, should we change it? Now, I, I had a conversation with Jason. Now, I love for him to give him some give the uh, audience some insight on how that whole Mammy Lane thing went down. Sure. Well, I appreciate you guys giving the opportunity to expound on it. So, uh, as you stated, it, it, it only blew up uh, when my name got attached to it, right? It was actually in process way before that. So, uh, as a sitting city council member, you know, I can't really deliberate with another city council member on, you know, unless we're in a committee, in a meeting or something, that, that, that type of forum. So, apparently, some other city council member got someone outside of the community, outside of Clarksville, to raise a complaint. I guess this was uh, what's called the cancel culture uh, attempting to make a change within uh, Clarksville community or trying to bring that cancel culture to Clarks the Clarksville community for whatever reason. So here's this, this street name that is being asked to change by an individual who didn't even live in the city, didn't even live in that community, didn't even live on that street who complained about the fact that they were offended by that street name. And that went to a committee without me even knowing about it, uh, considering I was the city council member for that particular district. So here I am now finding out about it, you know, at an initial meeting, you know, reading through the agenda and looking through everything else. So I said, why did I, you know, not know about this, this, this issue? So here I am. I said, you know what? What am I to do? No one else went down there and knocked on anybody's door. No one else asked a question as to whether or not that name should be changed. So I asked the question, should this name be changed? And on my online poll, uh, it was sort of 50-50, you know, in reference to the name change. You had the individuals who were against the fact that it was called Plantation Estates, which I, I, I also could see an issue with, right? And here is the name of the street being called Mammy Lane, uh, which can be seen as derogatory uh, based off of the information provided to me, you know, in reference to the name and to the, the background of that particular name. Right. Um, so I said to myself, OK, uh, no one else went down to the, the street to go knock on the door to say, hey, how do you feel about it? So I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And I knocked on every single person's door in that particular neighborhood and asked them how they felt about it. And I did a, a survey. And turns out 90% of those individuals uh, who live on that street were African-Americans to include the individual who first moved on that road. Um, they were African-Americans and um, they were 
all against the name change. So what am I to do as the representative for that particular district? Am I to go against what my constituents want or do I follow in line with what my constituents are asking me, which was they didn't want the name change. And with the name change, it's not just a matter of changing the name of the street to make it you know, beneficial to somebody who might feel offended by it. Changing the name, there, there's financial constraints that go along with a name change for a particular street to include if that individual who lives on that street runs a business from out their home, well, guess what? All the documentation has to change, right? Who's paying for that? It's coming out of that constituent's pocket. Uh, military individuals who live on that street, which, you know, uh, occurred, would then have to change all their military paperwork, right? Who's paying for that? Who's overseeing that? Who's making sure that that's getting taken care of? It's not the government. It's not that that those city council members. It's not that individual who didn't live in that neighborhood who uh, felt offended by it. It is that individual who sits, you know, in that house who's responsible for all those changes that's going to be made. The only thing the city is responsible for is for changing out the sign on that particular road. And that's it. So and that's pretty much the background of uh, what occurred. So it became a whole big thing when an African-American, me, decided to say, hey, don't change this name. But nobody was talking about the fact that 90 percent of the individuals who lived in that area. Right. One didn't want the name change. And two, I was the only city council member to actually go and knock on those doors and talk to those individuals. Only one. Nobody else. Not even anybody else who was against it, who weren't city council members, who said, oh, okay, well, I hate this guy because he's against African-Americans, blah, blah, blah. Did they go and ask anybody? No, they didn't do that. I was the only person to actually go out and talk to those individuals and commune with them and, you know, find out how they felt about it. And they didn't want the name change. And that's essentially what occurred, to be quite honest with you. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I could dig that. So and then I got one more. I got one more thing. And then I'm opening the floor, fellas, to, to ask some questions about this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, another big thing, a little bit more in, in my eyes, a lot more serious. And, and it was it looked real wild to me. You know, what I mean, it looked real wild to me. I like at this point, I'm like, man, damn, this Jason Knight, dude. You know, what <laughs> I mean, I don't know what's going on with this cat, but it's like he's always on the, the side against black folks. Right. You know what I mean? So. We had a we had a superintendent of schools here that was uh, getting paid uh, an amount that was a little bit less than six figures, right? And then it was a uh, time it was time for uh, I guess new budget was about to come out, and his raise was being reported to being from jumping from a little bit under six figures to now over two hundred thousand dollars, right? Now, mind you, his uh, predecessor predecessor got paid that. Or at least around that, at the time when uh, when he was in the, when he had the chair, and similar counties, superintendent of schools also got paid the same amount that our the the former superintendent of schools was asking for. But it seemed like most of Clarksville had a whole bunch to say about it because they saw the picture of this man. He was a black man. Name was Mister House, right? Mr. House is gone. He took a job down in Texas. Uh, and now we have a new person coming in, sitting in the seat. It was a white woman who is now getting paid a little bit less than what Mr. House originally asked for. And it's like nobody has a problem with it at all. Right. That looks crazy. And then at that time, it felt like, well, no, at that time, 
it seemed like the person that was beating the drum against Mr. House was Mr. Jason Knight. You know what I mean? It's like he was the poster child for he don't this man don't deserve this money. You know what I'm saying? When it like everybody else was getting that money. So uh, from your from your point, well, from where you were sitting, Jason, tell me what you were seeing and why you took that stance against Mr. House. Absolutely. So. Again, uh, there's there's lot there was a lot of misinformation going around in reference to that situation. Uh, Millard made well over six figures at the time. I think, uh, if I recall, he made like a hundred and eighty-five, hundred and ninety thousand or something okay. to that effect um, uh, for that particular seat. Uh, then came the resolution with the budget uh, to where he was asking for for personal pay for the position he was asking for i believe uh it's been a while now so don't quote me on the numbers you can go back and take a look at the definitive numbers but something to the effect of like 245 or 250 thousand 250 thousand dollars uh a year uh for his pay but for his office as a whole which included things like uh uh pencils and paper and, you know, raises for secretary, raises for the secretary's secretary, and the whole nine in the amount of 900 and some odd thousand dollars. So close to a million dollar pay raise is what was being asked for, for his office as a whole, right? Um, Now, there was some stipulations from what I understood you know, for him coming into the position, and he did not have a doctorate. Most people were going around calling him Dr. House, and he's just Mr. Miller House uh, because he didn't have a doctorate, which went along with, uh, I guess, essentially his initial contract with coming into the position. So I, I don't know about you, but if I'm going to a job interview, you know, and at my my boss-to-be is going to be looking at my uh, particular skill set you know, and they're going to be looking for particular qualifications in order to uh, give me a commensurate pay associated with that particular position. Now, that, you know, to me would be fair. Now, you can't come in and then request something and you don't have the thing that was stipulated upon at the beginning, right? That, That just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm not going to pay you for nothing. I'm not going to give you, 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 you know, my dad always taught me you don't get something for nothing. One. All right. Two, here is a pay raise that is coupled with teachers pay raise that's provided by the state, not by the county, not by the school system. It's a state pay raise that was coupled with his pay raise to make it look like, hey, look at me. I need a pay raise and I'm also providing a pay raise, you know, uh, for my teachers when in fact that didn't occur. Right. Um, And regardless of comments of him, you know, being grossly underpaid, that's what the stipulation he came into that position on with that understanding, with that notion understood. Uh, Having said that. Right. I, I. wasn't in the right mind of having um, uh, someone couple teachers pay with their own personal pay raise if he's not providing a pay raise for the teachers. And I I literally said that during the county commission meeting. I said, listen, I said, split this budget apart, right? Go back, take it to the school system, provide a pay raise for the teachers, right? And then we can have a relook at it. But I don't want you coupling your pay raise with the teacher's pay raise. And then lo and behold, later on, a pay raise for the teachers came in. So just looking at it from that perspective, 
being a leader and having served in a company command position, I'm not going to take care of myself before I take a, take care of my soldiers. That's like the wrong thing to do, to be quite honest with you. And here you are, you, you have an individual who wanted to take care of himself before he took care of his teachers. Right now, our teachers are grossly underpaid. Right now, our bus drivers are grossly underpaid. These are the things that we have to take a look at. These are the things we have to take into consideration before we're providing a big exorbitant pay raise for somebody who just wants you know, an extra couple hundred thousand dollars just so he can make the decision whether or not he wanted to stay or move to Texas to get $500,000 at another uh, school system. So these are the things we have to take into consideration. Mm. Oh, all right. There it is. Well, ladies and gentlemen, so we just went through a deep dive. Okay, real deep dive about uh, hopefully clearing some air about uh, Mr. Knight out there. And you know what? It doesn't even matter what you say. People are going to keep their uh, whatever views and their perspectives about you. But hey, keep soldiering on. It changed mine. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah. It changed mine. So go, yeah. go ahead. So yeah, that's what it is. All right, Big Larry, you good? <laughs> Uh, you you wasted some stuff, spit on yourself. You good? <laughs> I did, brother. You didn't have to pull it out. Into it. There you go. No, you you started wild and first thing this damn morning. Go ahead. You got it. And now he's muted. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> good grief. We can't hear you, bro. I'm not muted on my end. All we right. can hear you now a little bit. Go ahead. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If y'all can hear me. So my night, my question was to you is I know you said you were uh, still reservists uh, on the, uh, on the reserve side and you're yes. an active politician. So can you talk about the uh, complexity of those two when you're actually in uniform and out of uniform, how does that affect your unit that you command? Uh, well, so long as I'm not in uniform while, uh, exercising politics that uh, there's no uh constraints or no issues you know uh, uh everybody knows about the hatch act uh, little hatch act big hatch act and the whole nine so long as i'm not uh in my military uniform you know which you don't see you know <laughs> uh, when i'm i'm having one hat on I, I got that hat on and when i have the other hat on i have that hat on mm. okay very good Got you. I guess I was referring to more so if uh, some of your units, like, you know, you hear small, well, maybe because you're commanding, you probably don't, but within your unit, do you hear the small talks of your soldiers talking about whatever it is that's political that shouldn't be discussed within the yeah. realms of that, the and that's really, As a company commander, I don't, I don't get involved in that weeds. If I do hear something, then I would let the first sergeant or the... the you know, senior NCO who's in charge at the time, let them know what's going on, and then they'll take care of the situation right then and there. So, uh, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. okay, okay, wake up, Nate. Yeah, I'm here, brothers. Um, so with your background and your years, you know, serving on council, uh, what continues to feed you? Uh, why you continue doing what it is that you do, and uh, what has been your toughest? Uh, toughest moments um, during your during your time. So, uh, regardless, and, and and you guys know, I've I've received a lot of you know blowback from you know some people in the community. It's not everybody in the community, you know. But um, but the thing that keeps me going, uh, regardless of the situation, is um, 
service to community and the fact knowing that uh, I live in my community, I, I don't live apart from it. I don't, you know, uh, say, well, I'm serving here just to, you know, push a button or to do X, Y, and Z or to help out this situation. The purpose, I have seven kids, you know, and they all attend schools here within uh, Clarksville, Montgomery County. They all, you know, play here in Clarksville, Montgomery County, you know, uh, so this is my community. So I want to make sure that I make the community, you know, about as good, safe, and, you know, uh, exceptional for uh, me to live here and for my children to live here. And some of the biggest challenges has already been mentioned, you know, when you, here you are as an African-American Republican, you know, uh, trying to trailblaze. As a matter of fact, I'm the first African-American Republican to hold two elected offices in the entire United States of America simultaneously. But nobody's talking about that stuff. But here we are talking about stuff like Mammy Lane. Here we are talking about stuff like, um, you know, Millard House's pay raise. When we should be talking about, hey, look, you have a trailblazer, an African-American here within our community, but nobody's paying attention to that stuff. Nobody's talking about that stuff. Nobody talks about the fact that, you know, I, I, I try to uh, get passed on the city council emancipation day. You know, nobody's talking about that stuff. So here we are, you know, talking about um, things like a street name change or talking about things like uh, somebody's pay raise. So those no, are really, those are, do you feel, those, so those do you feel, do you on, feel on, like on, the on, reason on. why individuals aren't talking about it is because uh, your own organization or your own committee is should have that information for individuals to know. And then sometimes when you get into the political realm, uh, understand that, you know, sometimes longevity, you know, may serve as a handicap too, um, because there may be other new ideas or initiatives or whatever that may be overseen or whatever the case may be. But uh, why aren't those things um, being discussed? Why do you feel like that's um, why, why um, people of the community are making that relevant? Well, uh, to be quite honest, you have uh, individual that may not agree with the fact that, you know, I'm African-American and Republican. Then you have individuals even within, you know, to be quite honest, within the own party who, you know, may resent you because of whatever and decide that, you know, they'll do everything in their power to either A, not support you or B, support somebody's, you know, sub subtly, you know, you know, behind your back or, or whatever. You know, so you, you find issues on both ends being you know an african-american and being a republican you have issues on both ends of the spectrum that you know uh you, you got to take a look at and try to address as they come so that that's that's and, and that is also a challenge you know being uh black and being republican and having a lot of you know individuals in the african-american community uh do what i would call reverse racism you know i'm married to a white woman right and I've had individuals who have said less than desirable things, you know, about my wife, posted things about me. Uh, it's still on their Facebook pages, as a matter of fact. Um, and, you know, I, I just go about my day. I don't worry about it. I don't stress it. I don't, you know, I've had people send, uh, you know, feces to my, my house, you know, which, you know, kind of upset my wife and upset my family. And we, you know, we moved because of it, you know, so it's things like that that I have to deal with versus individuals, you know, trying to uh, bring up an African-American. Here they are trying to bring them down. So here are the same individuals that are that talk about how they are strong Africans, African-Americans in the community and they support African-Americanism, et cetera, et cetera. 
when in fact here they are bringing down uh, strong African Americans within our, our our community. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Listen, uh, that makes a whole lot of sense. And so my question is, well, I guess it's a question and statement, right? Because I want to make sure we stick to the topic, right? Because based off of what you're saying, and I agree, we aired everything out. And those that are interested in knowing, they will hopefully have a different perspective. But uh, what I want to ask you is, uh, what do you think outside of your, uh, you know, your own personal lifestyle, what you look like? Right. Let's let's get to the facts of the of the big picture. What do you think are the contributing factors to um, voters uh, voting um, suppression? Right. What do you think it's stopping you? Right. Or holding you guys up or holding the community up? where you are right now. So there's a full misconception about what voter suppression is. Most people think that uh, getting an ID card is voter suppression. That's not voter suppression. That's that's voter security. That's making sure that your identity isn't stolen, you know, when you go to the voting booth, you know, and so, you know, because you'll have on both sides, oh my God, this person is this because of that, and this person is this because of that, and that's why we should do this before we go out to vote, right? So having an ID card ensures that you, the individual, is who you say you are when you go out to vote, right? Uh, That's one. Two, uh, another means of ensuring that, you know, uh, there's not a a, a barrier to voting is voter information. And that is important, to be quite honest with you. You know, we, we have a limited amount of information provided to us for, one, who's in an election, right? Who's running? Uh, what they're running for, what's their platform, what's their background. We don't get that full information. We have only a a limited resources as far as uh, media outlets that can provide that information, especially here in Clarksville. As a matter of fact, I read an article here not too long ago uh, about Stewart County saying, hey, we need to do something. I I believe it's Stewart County that's saying, hey, we need to do something, uh, you know, right now about our voter turnout. Because Clarksville and Montgomery County by itself, uh, you know, uh, has a very extremely low voter turnout. As a matter of fact, the state of Tennessee as a whole is like the second or third uh, lowest when it comes to uh, voter turnout. So what can we do to ensure that, you know, uh, constituents are going out to vote? What can we do to get these individuals out to vote? It's all about voter education. You know, I know. Uh, living out in California for a bit, they had information where, you know, they would, would provide a booklet, you know, with names of individuals who were running for a particular election, and you'd see their background, see some information about them, etc. That would be one method, you know. I'm not a big fan of some of the things that go on in California from tax increases to whatever, but there are some aspects of uh, what they do to to edify the voters that that you know we could potentially uh implement you know for um uh, defeating any barriers to to voting so okay all right look we appreciate that appreciate that hey Herman, we got this question you ready for it yeah i see it all right here we go <laughs> so from lily Tom, lily wilson said what can be done by the republican party to better align black community interests with the party's goals there seems to be a lack of information provided on how the party can better serve. Oh, man, this question really bothers me, but I'll let you answer it. Uh, well, I, I get what she's trying to say, and I, I, I think by supporting, you know, good, strong African-American candidates, you know, who can help 
change the face of the Republican Party to help edify the the African American community as far as uh, you know, uh, one the the values instilled within the Republican Party uh, from the past to now. Most people don't know that the the, the Republican Party is actually the party to to that uh, you know helped to emancipate uh, slaves back in the day. You know, most people don't know that. But here we are you know, as African-Americans supporting, you know, uh, and, and I'm not talking bad about any party, you know, that's not what I do, but, you know, here we are supporting Democrat Party when, in fact, they're the ones that <laughs> helped to ensure uh, that they solidify the concept of slavery versus the Republican Party who helped to emancipate and free slaves. So these are the things we need to look at. These are the things we need to take a look at uh, in the Republican Party and help to edify and educate the African-American community about to ensure that they understand the differences in the party. Yes, there are subtle changes over the course of time, but the true essence of what the Republican Party stands for, the true essence and, and root of the Republican Party still stands true to today, to be quite honest with you. But but it's about it's about hearts and minds, though. It's like how we yeah. fight wars. Right. You know what I'm saying? We could talk about education and all that stuff. But if the black community doesn't feel like this party cares about them, mm -hmm. the amount of education is not going to matter. You know what I mean? So one thing I do give Democrats credit for is they make it they make it feel like black people are priority. Knowing right after the election, they toss them right out the window. You know what I'm saying? But. But they make it feel like, you know what, I'm going to put hot sauce in my bag. I'm going to do whatever I can, you know what I'm saying, to to make you feel like I'm part of the team. When Republicans will ignore black people altogether. You see what I'm saying? So it's when we talk about war in Afghanistan and Iraq, when we go over there, the main mantra kicked to me was hearts and minds. You know what I'm saying? But it doesn't feel like that when, when it comes to this political war. You know, it's like you have one party doing all they can, reciting all the rap lyrics they can, and then you got the other one that's completely ignoring. Well, even the one that looks like they're paying attention to them, that's just an illusion uh, for votes. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I tend to look at fact. I don't let the illusion, Boom. you know, uh, blind my eyes from truth, you know, and, and, and just the, what they say, uh, uh, you, you, in order to know where you're going, you got to know where you, you came from. Well, that stands true when it comes to a party affiliation. If you know the truth, you know, and you've read the history and you've known the true history, then no illusion is going to blind your, your eye, no matter how, you know, the perception may be, even though some may say perception is reality, but I also say reality is reality. So it is what it is. All right. Good one. Hey, so Mr. Knight. I hear it all. I hear all the rhetoric. I'm, I'm listening to you, and I hear it. But as a Democratic personnel, you know, somebody listening, and they're truly Democratic, yeah. can you explain to me why it is so hard for the Republican Party to relate to the African-American community or the minority community as a whole? Right? We talk about what the Democrats do, how they play the game, and then once they elect it, they ignore all that. Talk to me about why is it why it is that that the Republican Party seems to just ignore the minorities altogether, not even try and get their votes and just brush them off, which is why I think the reason why we talk about the importance of voting 
and lack thereof, depending on what demographic you're looking at, is because one party seems to spark our interest once election time happens, and then the other party seems to be way off to the right. So how can we co- combine this to where equal parties like Democrats and Republicans are speaking the same language or some sort of the same language to where it's like, you know what? Damn, I think I'm more Republican. Okay. Well, you broke up a little bit, but let me start by answering your, your question with another question. Where are you getting your information from? And I asked that question not for you to, to answer, but more of a, as a rhetorical you know, reference point. So... If you are getting your information solely from a Democrat source, right, it's going to be portrayed to you as, oh, the Republicans aren't listening to you at all, right? And that's going to be that that continued rhetoric, that continued statement, that continued message that's going to be portrayed and pushed to your mindset. Here I am, an African-American Republican. District 18 was a uh, primarily Democrat-held seat. Uh, I ran as a Republican. I ran letting everybody know I was a Republican, right? And I was running against another African-American who was a Democrat, who held the seat previously, right? I ran, I campaigned, and I won as a Republican with everybody knowing I was a Republican. When I ran for city council, same deal. I didn't change my stance. I didn't change anything. Everybody knew I was a Republican, and I ran against the uh, Democrat preferred candidate. I ran against a also a Libertarian preferred uh, candidate, and I still won. And the question is how and why, right? Is it is it uh, because I changed my stance? No, didn't change my stance. I didn't change my message. My message stayed the same. I ran, however, each time on taking care of the people. So if you have candidates who are uh, capable of of bringing the community together, I know that sounds cheesy, but if you have candidates who are Republican or Democrat or whoever, people tend to rally around them, right? They rally around these individuals and then the party would then push a particular message saying, hey, the, 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 the Democrats aren't listening to you or the Republicans aren't listening to you. But if you stand on the Republican side, man, I, I guarantee you there's Republicans that will listen to you. I, I, was, I was a Republican and I listened to every single Democrat with it constituent within my community, my community. Right. So I, I people didn't get that from me. That didn't say, hey, uh, this guy isn't listening to the Democrats. I listen to the Democrats. I listen to the Republicans and I listen to the Libertarians and Independents and everybody else within my community. Right. You know what? I think that that's also a distraction to a point. Right. Because if you do not take your time to do the research yourself, you're waiting for individuals to give you information. <laughs> and then on top of that, you will tend to lean towards things that you that agree you. with. Yep. You get what I'm saying? All right, here, check it out. We got, uh, go ahead. Uh, as a matter of fact, let me get Big Nate. Go ahead, man. No, I think in my mind is more of a statement than anything. I think that, you know, the country as a whole has just become so mundane in the day-to-day, you know, political viewpoints of, you know, both uh, parties that um, that we have right now. I mean, when, you know, literally... I hate to say this when promises are being made and you know those promises aren't upkept 
and we don't see the change and the commitment to the communities that need to take place. Mm. Again, this is more of just a statement. Um, I, I think it will become more and more. You'll continue to see the same results over and over and over again. Uh, I wonder, if, um, would there ever be, you know, um, a mixed party affiliate affiliation, you know, uh, as we move forward. Yes. There are certain members, you know, at the top, you know, we have, you know, our Republican, um, Republican, or we have our democratic. And then, you know, within the seats itself, you know, there's splits across different States, but party as a whole, I wonder, you know, uh, will there ever be, uh, a mixed affiliation, you know, to where both sides, you know, can have matters, you know, combined if that makes sense but that's that's just more of a statement i don't really have a question yeah yeah that's a good that's something to think about now look check it out here's a question or a statement by miss lily wilson she says the news sources available to two to both parties work to divide not educate even highlighting shared family and work values would tie in the uh what's that the commonalities between yeah between republicans and the aa community all right now, why isn't this being done more? Why not highlight the lack of progress being made by sticking with one party over, over another? What do you think about that, brother? Well, I think uh, we have a lot of rhetoric, as stated before. Uh, you got, um, you know, and, and, and people tend to focus more on uh, federal politics. They focus on the, you know, Congress and the Senate and, you know, who's running for president, who's not running for president and all that good stuff. When we need to start focusing less on, on that, yeah, they affect us. But what we need to focus on more is uh, our local politics. We need to focus on who's running for our school board, who's running for our city council member, who's running for our county commission, who's running for state. You know, these these are the things that affect us on a daily basis. I mean, we worry about, you know, funding for school. Case in point, we had the the, the school board director wanting a pay raise. Ah, everybody's going crazy. But nobody cared about that before, right? Nobody cared about that before until I made a big deal out of it. Nobody cared about how much money he was making or not making until I made a big deal out of it. Nobody uh, paid attention attention to it at all. Um, so these are the things we need to focus on. Uh, so uh, regardless of the media, regardless of, you know, the situation, we, we shouldn't get, uh, again, goes back to the, the, the concept that I, I brought up about the illusion. You know, don't get caught up with the federal illusionary uh, politics that, that kind of tend to pull us either to the right or to the left so that they can get funding and they can continue to stay in office. You know, some of these guys have been in office for what, 30 years, 40 years, you know, and still continue on in those seats, you know, and then we wonder why things haven't changed, you know, versus you have individuals who run for city council or county commission and it's hard for them to raise money. You know, because all that money that you have going toward a federal candidate is 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 going toward somebody who shouldn't probably even sit in that seat versus having a city council member who needs the money to get on that seat, who needs money to get signs, who needs the money to to push out his his message or her message. You know, this is the the the, the political level we need to focus on is that local politics, because they are the ones that are going to affect you directly yeah. right then and there. They're going to affect your 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 schools, your roads, um, your trash, <laughs> believe it or not, you know, these things affect you on a daily, specifically daily basis. So, 
Yep. So, so check it out, Jason. What are what are some of the th- what is the biggest misconception about you? You know what I'm saying? I, being a being a, a conservative and all that. When when people like me who only see you on social media, you know what I mean. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that you would like to clear up about you to the people? Well, for one, what, what would they know? Hey, matter of fact, also talk a little bit about that. Uh, the 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 BLM guy, if you don't mind, you oh, know what, what happened with that as well? Oh, tie Maurice. that tie that into the question oh. I just asked. You. Well, Maurice, Maurice and I now are, are pretty good friends, you know. <laughs> so he's a good guy, you know. Uh, so when I was doing the whole uh, uh, issue with the pay raise for the school board director, you know, Maurice was one of my biggest haters, and he was the head of the Black Lives Matter at the time uh here within within clarksville and um you know uh he even mentioned on his page a couple times f jason knight f this f that f whatever whatever, right he even said uh and my wife (laughs) so uh this this was hilarious so he wanted to wear a a f jason knight shirt to uh the county commission meeting that we were making that determination on whether or not we were going to um vote for or against the pay raise for for millard so anyway um with that being said i was expecting a big old protest they had a couple people out there you know not too not too many but you know i had a couple people out there and i was expecting that that t-shirt you know because i told my wife about it and she's like shoot i want a shirt because <laughs> she's like <laughs> you know uh, so, you know, uh, just an inside joke between my wife and I, you know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, he was my, my biggest hater. But when it came down to a situation where, you know, my friend needed assistance and I asked him, I said, who came to your assistance, to your to your aid when, you, you know, and he's like, nobody, you know. And I said, well, listen, I got something going on where, you know, I needed uh, to fix my house. And I said, you know, uh, I'd love for you to come by and, and, and do that in exchange, you know, I'll, I'll pay you, you know? And he's like, okay. You know, and he came by, you know, that dude worked hard as hell. And, you know, just to give him a little plug, you know, go on his page. It's, you know, uh, I think it's, it's called casinos handyman, uh, service, you know, go on there and, you know, check him out. If you guys need any help around your house or, you know, need something fixed, call that dude, you know, he's, he's really good. Um, anyway, we got to talking, you know, we talked and talked and talked, come to find out he's more conservative than most people think, you know, and come to find out him and I became really good friends and it went from F Jason Knight to man, I want to give this guy a hug, you know? So, uh, and nobody else helped him out at the time, you know, except me you know, from what, uh, based off of our conversation. So, you know, you, you got to look at things like that. You, you go from um, having a misconception about a person to actually having a conversation with them and seeing who they are as a person, you know, not just as a, a, a pedestal piece, you know, somebody who, you know, sits on a pedestal and you're pointing your finger, either, uh, either your thumbs up or your finger at them, you know, saying, hey, I either hate you or I love you, you know, um, when in fact they're people. I'm a person. I, I, I have a regular life. You know, I have, you know, kids. I have a family. I go to church 
Living Hope Church, you know, right by um, Exit 11 on Sango, you know. Um, I, I, I do some of the same things that everybody does as regular people. I use the bathroom just like <laughs> the average person, you know. Put my pants on the same as everybody else. Uh, you know, I, I get tired. I get exhausted, you know, uh, but I still keep going, you know, regardless of the situation, you know. So uh, the misconceptions are there, right? But the truth is, at the end of the day, we are all people. And if somebody wants to know anything about me, all they have to do is pick up the phone and give me a call and talk to me. And then they'll find out exactly who I am as a person. It is. You know what? I think that's dope, man. That's real dope. All right, y'all. We're about to do the round robin. What you got, Larry? Hey, so my final question is, is the topic itself, the importance of the vote. So what I wanted you to hit on real quick is the importance of the vote from a local standpoint all the way up to the federal level, because a lot in the minority community, we don't think our vote counts. We don't think it matters. However, when you talk about the real ID, when you talk about the red line, and when you talk about all these things that are being put in place to make it harder for folks to vote, that should tell you, that should signal to you that, yeah, your vote really does matter. And as it's part of the reason why they're making it so hard to make it, you know, eligible for individuals to vote. Thoughts? Okay, absolutely. So uh, your vote does matter from the federal level all the way down to the local level, but especially at the local level, uh, you should be out, like I said, voting for your local candidates. You should know more about who's running for your school board city council and county commission than you do who's running for Congress. Uh, but at the federal level, your vote also counts. I know I've heard all the hoopla about the Electoral College and all that other good stuff. You know, yes, uh, the Electoral College is in place for specific purposes to ensure that one state doesn't have more of a say than another state. Because if we voted by just individual votes, you know, when it comes down to a president, then California Texas and New York will have the say every single time and every other state wouldn't matter, right? And hence the reason why we have the Electoral College. So each state has a particular um, electorate that you, the individual, vote for, and then those electoral uh, college individuals would then cast their ballot for that particular individual to um, uh, become president of the United States. But each individual vote counts every single vote counts so I, I hate hearing the fact and hate is a strong word but i hate hearing the fact when people say my vote don't count so i ain't voting well that's the reason why we're still stuck in the situation that we're in this is why we have this person as a a, a, a president or this is why we have this person as a congressman this is why we have this person as a senator this is why we have this person as as a county commission matter of fact when i was knocking on doors running for county commission i, I knocked on one guy uh, one guy's door, African-American dude, I went to his door like three times and this guy every time would tell me, well, my vote don't count. So I don't, I, I'm not going to go out there and vote. I said, your vote can mean the difference, you know, uh, especially on the local level. It can mean the difference that one vote, you know, if you're at down to, you know, 50, 50, you know, you could be that 51 vote, uh, cast for that individual who should win that particular election. So yes, everybody's vote counts. Every single vote counts. Every individual that goes to the ballot, 
their vote counts. Matter of fact, my mother just got her citizenship here not too long ago and was able to cast her ballot for me, you know, uh, when voting for the county commission seat. And she voted for other races as well, but she just wanted to be able to vote for me uh, for the first time. Um, mm -hmm. I'm about to tear up, you know, but. Um, that's what's yeah, so that's dope. Yeah. That is. Wow. So everybody's voting. Wow, every vote matters. Go ahead, Big Nate. No, I, I don't have anything. I just want to tell you, thank you. Thank you for your service, right? You know, not only in the military, but what you're doing uh, locally for your community truly means a lot and uh, continue setting the bar. So thanks for all that you continue to do. I appreciate you. All right, on. All right, Herm. So for me, um, an important thing I got from this is to sit down and have a conversation with a person. You know, not you're not always going to agree with somebody's viewpoint or where they're coming from and stuff like that. But generally, you, most people, you know what I'm saying, at heart are good. You know what I mean? And, and they mean well. They just mean well a different way than you do. They just get in there a different way than you do. And that's what I learned uh, speaking with Jason on the phone. We talked for a good amount of time on the phone because, again, I, I was not a, a fan of Jason Knight based on what I seen online, never talked to the man in my life, only seen him once, you know what I'm saying? But that phone conversation, I was like, wow, you know what I mean? I went to that conversation with an open mind, open mind thinking, okay, let me talk to this guy. I can't believe he really want to come onto the show. You know what I mean? Let me talk to him. But that conversation, you know what I'm saying? Taught me a lesson I learned before. You know what I mean? Don't be so quick to come to a judgment of a person, especially if you don't know him. You know what I mean? You you have no idea what they got on the wraps. Like he said, you know what I'm saying? He, he's trailblazing and he should be getting support. You know what I mean? And uh, we should be looking to support, support the brother in any way that we can. You know Absolutely. what I mean? So, Jason, thank you for coming on to the show. You know what I mean? It was an honor speaking with you. And I look forward to uh, greater things from you and the Clarksville Montgomery County community. Yo, there you go. Listen, um... And also, too, I uh, want to give you an opportunity, Jason, any final words that you have for the the audience, right? Because um, you asked to be on, brother. And and so um, you made some great points, and I think it was important. Well, I know it was important for individuals to hear it, right? Because a lot of times we only um, gravitate to things that feel good. Right. I need you to make me feel good, if that makes sense. Right. But we avoid things. We avoid the truth. And sometimes we avoid accountability. So I appreciate you for uh, coming on and and, um, and illustrating that. So you got a final word for our audience? Just uh, reiterating what I said before, your vote counts and pay attention to your local elected seats. As a matter of fact, uh, in Clarksville, we have our city council races uh, that uh, are coming up and uh, there's a a good uh, young lady who's running for uh, city council. Her name is Flora Wuku. Uh, get out there and vote for her if you're in the Ward 6 area. Uh, again, I'm Jason Knight, and you can follow me on Jason D. Uh, Knight because I have my personal profile as well as my official profile. But the Facebook profile is Jason D. A period at the end of the D. And then my last name, Knight. You can also follow me on Twitter at Jason Knight 4TN. And you can follow me also on Instagram, Jason Knight underscore TN. Or uh, if you'd like to make any type of contribution or, you know, send me some information, get my email address, you can go to jasonknight.org. 
I appreciate you guys. Right, all right. Well, look, that's what it is, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it is. You know, so we, we've been talking a lot about this, uh, you know, the politics and everything, especially down there in, in, in Clarksville, as a matter of fact. So so it seemed like we need to do a whole nother campaign, right? So, <laughs> is that, is that, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what's going on. But look, we do appreciate y'all. We do appreciate um, using us as a platform, okay, to help to connect to connect excuse me with your uh, con uh constituents and individuals are listening to you they're able to see you and they're able to follow you and really take some time to think about who you are from your own mouth because don't you just hate when individuals already have a preconceived notion of who you are and they don't even know you they haven't even taken the steps to get to know you but what they're doing is they're listening to someone that they know and like as gospel and that's horrible. And in my opinion, that's weak-minded. So, ladies and gentlemen, if there's anything you learn from the day is get information from the source. If not, cut it off, shut your mouth, and uh, that's what we need to do, right? But this has been the Lions Den with Seth, y'all. Hopefully, y'all have a great weekend. This is what we do, and we will do it again next week. Right on? Right on. Don't get left behind. Stay updated. Make sure to give a thumbs up and catch more on the Lions Pride Network.